December 11th, 2010. VGN Radio presents Kevin's Old Blast Radio with your hosts, Kevin Baird. And Dave. Okay, so tonight I got days on, and uh, as everybody may or may not know from listening to previous shows, especially on VGN, but if you're an only an Oblast listener and you don't listen to video game news radio, uh, Days is a, um, well, he's currently living in Canada, but he was uh, born and raised, I think that's right, in India. Is that, is that correct? Days? Yes. Yeah. So uh, he decided to join us for the show, longtime listener of VGN. You've been listening for almost the entire stretch, is that true? Yeah, pretty much. Except uh, that one, the starting episodes. Uh, you, you pretty much talk about it all the time. That it was all garbled and bad quality. Besides that, I've been listening to the entire, the entire pack. Yeah, right. Which is great. Uh, we don't, we don't have too many long term listeners left. Most people grew up and gave up on us a long time ago. Now, we've been on the air since two thousand four. So uh, you know, people move on. They're like, I'm not in college anymore. I have children. You know, uh, people that started off when they were thirteen years old now are old enough to vote. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, I know we've been trying to get this going for a while, and I've been really busy, but, uh, I don't know, kind of went with it today, and you were available, at least at 11 o'clock at night, so that's good. Um, yeah, just doing a lifestyle near the end, you pretty much live like a bum. What's your weather like? What's your weather like over there? What, what's your weather like? Weather? Yeah. Well, um, it's raining pretty heavy outside right now. See, I live in, I live in like, southern... Southwestern BC, and it's just like it's pleasant weather here. Like I was not expecting this. Like the first day I came, it was snowing, but uh, it's pretty much like, like it's in the middle of winter, and it's pretty much just like raining. You walk outside with a t-shirt on. It's it's cold, but you you manage, you know. So not too much snow right now, anyway, for you. No, it, it, it snowed for like one day a couple of weeks ago, last Thursday or something like that. It, it pretty much, and it snowed, and it was like. Uh, like a feet and a half of snow, a foot and a half of snow, and uh, that that was it. Like you know, nothing more. Okay, so all right, yeah. I've never been to that part of uh, Canada. I had, um, I've been to Canada numerous times, mostly in Toronto. I've been over to the uh, the, the French Canadian side. I think I went to Montreal once, um, but I've never been all the way up to like uh, British Columbia. That's where you're at. That's the province you're in, right? BC. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. BC. Right. Uh, okay. Cool. So. We'll talk about Canada in a little bit when we talk about where you are, but typically with the, the Oblast interview process, we go all the way back before you were even born. And um, so your parents, um, now, obviously, just so I get this all straight, I'm coming from a, an American culture, so I'm going to get some things wrong, I think, in this interview process. Right. So feel free to just, you know, fig, figure right. it out and correct what I'm saying is, is incorrect. That would be cool. Um, but your parents, uh, your dad had a harem. Right in India? No, I'm kidding. Um, he he, uh, oh, dude, he owned a farm with like water buffalo. Like <laughs> yeah, there, there you go, big elephant just driving around. Um, yeah. No, but seriously, so um, your parents? What? You, you give me a rundown. Uh, how they met? Where? You, what's your dad do? Or all that kind of stuff? What's the scoop? Well, um, okay. So both my parents they work for the government um, indirectly. Well, my dad is more of a central government employee. He works as a customs officer, so and he's pretty high up right now. And uh, my mom's essentially what we call, I, I don't think you guys have the same designation, but it's called a deputy general manager. And she works in a bank, like in one of the state-owned banks. Okay. Um, and she's essentially, she's she works in one of their communication departments, basically. By, by communication, though, what do you mean? Like, does she 
gets on the radio and no, no communication. Like okay, like so. <laughs> I'll just start displaying some of the stuff people think about India, right? Like people would say, like like Brian has said this a couple of times, like you know, speaking Indian or something. We don't have a language called Indian, just like like China doesn't have a language called Chinese. And I mean, it's Mandarin or Cantonese or something. Right, right, right. right. We have like um, twenty four different official languages, and about eight or nine of them are pretty important. They're the main. Like most of the population speaks about eight or nine of them. And we have two major official languages. One of them is English, and the other is Hindi, which is our the language I speak, right? It's the language I grew up speaking along with English. And my mom basically has a PhD in that language. And she basically handles all of the banks, like paperwork, communication material, goes through her department, and they handle things like translation from Hindi to English, like, you know, legal interpretation of stuff, things like that. Okay. All right. Well, that and my sense. dad just uh, my dad catches Nigerian drug lords for work. <laughs> really? Does he get? I'm in... not even kidding, dude. I'm really? not. He used to come home. He used to like. I've grown up in that. Like my dad just telling me stories about how, like, he'd have some juniors like picking like cocaine condoms off a guy's ass or something. Really? Basically. Wow. That's like yeah, that, I mean, that's conversation around the dinner table type of thing. That's nice. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, kind of like that. Well, we, we like, you know, no, we're Indians, so we're sitting on the floor in, in the barn, like, eating on straws. No, not, not really. But, yeah, basically. Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's, but, all right, let's keep it from there. Let, let's start, though. So your parents, how'd they meet? Do you know how they met? Do you ever ask them? How'd you guys meet? Or was it, like, an yeah. ara- was it an arranged yeah, marriage? I, I, like, I talked to, I, I always keep, like, trying to ask my mom, like, uh, was dad, like, really a nerd when you met him and stuff, as much as, or something like that. But, um... Basically, my parents had something, uh, and like you probably knew I was going to talk about this. Is like they had something called like an an arranged come love marriage, which is kind of like a half and half. It's kind of like my grandfather from my mom's side put an ad out in the paper, and my dad comes over. He he like meets her in the elevator, and she knows instantly that he's he's coming as a potential. Sister, and he goes, he talks to. Uh, my grandfather and they start dating and she's dating she's seeing other men but like you know she starts kind of getting serious with my dad and like you know they okay they so like wait, well, hold, on, hold, on, hold on hold on slow, just slow it down a little bit for me because uh, I know uh, you got you're Indian so you're going to talk about 100 miles an hour um so 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 your gra- so, so your grandfather put an ad in the paper that basically said that or or he answered an ad but basically that that it was like a thing like. Your dad was looking for a wife, and so he went over there to sort of like almost like a job interview or something, like to kind of like check a ma- it. Matrimonial, like a matchmaking kind of thing, you know, a matrimonial ad so, kind of thing. Right. So he goes over there and he checks checks it out, and and if he didn't want to, he could just be like, no, you know, he would go on yeah. to do another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he could. Yeah. Okay, but that's not what happened. They met in the elevator. Yeah, the man in the elevator. My dad was going up to my grandfather's house, and my mom was coming back from work. Ah. And he kind of like I can totally imagine it. My dad's like this nerdy guy with like oily hair and shit, like you know, <laughs> glasses. And uh, he, he meets my mom, and my mom is. I saw a picture of my mom, and I literally I looked at like when she was in her twenties, and I was just like, "Mom, holy shit, you're hot!" Like you know, and I, I told her that in front of my dad. My dad's just laughing his ass off, you know. <laughs> It's just like, uh, but yeah, basically my dad, like, saw my mom in the elevator, and they're just standing, going up to the third floor or whatever the fuck it was, and 
my mom's basically just starts a conversation with them. And it's just, it's just like, you're going over to go and see this guy, like her father, basically. And he's, uh, my dad's like, yeah, how'd you know? I was like, because I'm the daughter. <laughs> like, I can totally imagine my dad being completely floored. Like, I, I totally see my dad as like that scene in Transformers where, um, you have Megan Fox over the hood of the car, and the other guy's like, holy shit. All right, you know, all right, you're comparing your mom to Megan Fox now. That's not right. Um, no, no, yeah, no, but you get what I'm saying. Right, so, okay, so as a cultural thing, though, the, um, the uh, I guess, you know, this arranged marriage thing is interesting. I mean, you know, it, 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 like, do they go out on dates? Or is it like they, they, they can't do the date, they got to get married first? Or how, how, Explain to me how that all works. Well, uh, no, they did go, that's what I said, right? It was an arranged calm love marriage. Which is, don't ask me why the calm is in the middle of there, but it's just some old English phrasing, and it basically means that my grandfather puts out an ad for an arranged marriage, but it's kind of loose. You can come, you can see the person, and if you like her, like, we'll see if you're a successful guy, if you're good, you're not a drug dealer, and you're not selling, you're not like a traveling salesman or something like that, and... Um, Basically, we'll see if you're a good guy. We'll allow you to date our daughter, and you take her out. And if she likes you, she'll come back and she'll tell us, and we'll approve it if we think it's okay or whatever. So it's just one date? No, it was multiple dates. Okay. She was seeing, she was seeing him for like a few months, I think. And I mean, is this standard how it works today? I mean, are you going to be involved in like an arranged marriage or something? No, no. Hell, oh. hell no. My mom's already told me that, it, like, if I'm that pathetic that I need her to find my bride, that she'll just fucking give up on me. <laughs> no. All right, I was just no, curious no, my, how that works. My I, I, parents are. So okay, well, well, see, that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to me, just in the sense that so it's not a religious reason that you have this arranged marriage. Is it a tradition? Is it just that kind of a thing? Like it's an Indian tradition yeah. thing, or well, you know? Historically, it's been like a kind of a religious thing, kind of a cultural thing, but it's just I mean, like our our religion and culture and all this stuff is two thousand years old. Like we we basically all the rules of culture and tradition have kind of crumbled and have just become things like, it's become like Buddhism. Like, people take what they want from it and whatever's convenient, and they take all the good things and they're happy with it. And, you know, whatever they want to do after that, it's their choice. Sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. So, uh, so your parents get married and they, and wh where were, the, where are they, you know, where were you living when you were got born? I don't, did, did, did they always live in the same place? I mean, was it, a, you know, um, Give it, give me the geography here a little bit. Well, okay, so I was born in uh, this in one in the suburb, in one of the suburbs of the city of Bombay, what was back what was then called Bombay, which uh, and I tell this to people, Bombay is like the Manhattan of India, okay. like it's the commercial capital, it's it's also the cultural capital because we have the uh, the actual cinema industry. Oh, okay, and. Bollywood. Basically, yeah, Bollywood. <laughs> we'll have like a separate discussion on that, but trust sure. me, it's not going to be good. I hate the fucking thing. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's it's basically I was just born in this city, and uh, if you were asking about moving, pretty much before I left for, to, for Canada, I've moved about six to seven times in my life. Wow. Yeah. And... Here's another thing. My dad owned every house that we moved to. Okay, like, but but was, but but slow down. So, but slow down for me. So you're born in Bombay. How long did you live there? 
uh, right up till I left for Canada, which should be about right up till 25th of uh, December 2008. Okay, so he moved around, but he moved around in Bombay. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because he worked there. Both my parents worked there. And they just kept getting different houses? He was just like, this house is too small, I'm going to get a bigger house? Is that is that what happened? Yeah, bigger, better, that kind of thing, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, okay, so it, it, you you go to primary school then in, in Bombay. Is that is that how, you know, is that what happened? Or do you go to private school? or I mean, it's not public. or t- Explain that to me. There's, like, different types. Um, there's private, and there's public, and then there's private but subsidized by the government kind of thing and uh yeah that's pretty much it and on top of that there are also different boards of education to high school so you can be in like a different kind of board and you'll kind of have the same like general studies will be the same but you'll have different kinds of exams different like so one guy might read shakespeare in fourth grade and the other guy might study some advanced mathematics in fourth grade while the other guy reads Shakespeare in sixth grade and has something else. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah, we have, like, three boards across all of the entire country, and you can choose which one you want to go to, and different boards have different... Like, it's to be said that different boards have different uh, specialities. Like, some of them are good at the, the more of the liberal arts, and some of them are good at the mathematics side of things. Now, India seems like it has a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of poor people in India, as well as, you know, there's people that are wealthy. Um, is school something that you have to go to in, in the country, or is it like a, is it a, you know, do you, uh, privileged people only, or how, how does that actually break down? Does everybody have to go to school? Everyone goes to school. I would, I would pretty much say that from what I read about India, and I read a lot, like I go do like a statistics research, as much as we can get a statistics, like, sorry, a statistical report about India, because the country has so many freaking people, half the time you don't even get the information you need. But right. as much as I know, yeah, I mean, education isn't proving, it's still, it's still pretty high. I mean, if you consider a country like, obviously, any developed country, it's nowhere as close, but it, it, it's improving. And uh, people can go to school. Basically, there are schools, even in the, like, the most downtrodden, like rural areas, there are still schools that people can go to. Right. The school might just be like a, a teacher under a palm tree or something, but there's still a school. Right. So, as a, as a child, okay, as a kid, um, you're you're going to school and uh, you've seen American television, right? So, is yeah. is the school that you go to similar, different? I mean, are, are you working off the British system? Is that how your school system works? There yeah, is okay. Pretty much. I interviewed a guy, uh, you know, that lived in Kenya and went to school in Kenya, and they worked off the British school system, and that was fairly interesting. Um, and uh, so you're following the same sort of thing there. I mean, is it? Um, t- tell me, am I missing anything? Is it different? Um, no, it's. We don't call them grades. Like I said, grade right now, but we call them standards. And oh, okay. it's pretty much first standard, second standard. You can't like if you fail a class, like if you fail one class, you have to. Support you, you have to like. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kind of messing up. You have to do the entire standard again. So you have to repeat the year. If you fail one class, doesn't matter. Really? Like it's pretty harsh. Yeah. But yeah, basically it's the British system. So okay, and uh, this is another. This is just off in off the wall India question. But um, nobody eats meat. Is everybody vegetarian over there? Is that true, or what happens with that? Do you go to the cafeteria at lunch at lunchtime, and you just have like. Um, 
I don't know, vegetarian snacks or something? There's no meat? What, I don't know. No, we, we are the country of the, like, the highest dens- density of vegetarians in the world, but mostly because of religious and cultural reasons and other like theolog- theological and philosophical reasons. But, I mean, there is a lot of meat. Like, um, people can't eat meat, especially the Muslim population definitely eats meat. And the coastal population eats fish. So there is meat, but you cannot eat beef. There's no circulation of beef because it's it's against religion. Really? Okay. Um, and there's no circulation of beef, and there's no circulation of pig because we've historically had such a big Muslim influence, and they essentially can't eat pig. So KFC could be in India, but McDonald's is out. No, we have all of them actually. <laughs> okay. No, I mean they don't. They sell no, the. I mean, they, they sell the. They don't come here and uh, serve you beef. They come here and they make the burgers that the local populace buys. Right, well, that's true, right? But I mean, you know, you're going to get a Big Mac. Is it made with chicken? I don't you know. I have no idea. Basically, yeah. Really? Yeah, you get chicken, or you get like a vegetarian Big Mac. Really? It's pretty good too. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Huh? I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, all right. So, as a kid growing up, now, did you feel like, um, you know, uh, things were? I mean, it seems to me like both your parents worked. You probably had a decent amount of money or income for being in India. I don't know. You tell me. But I'm just curious as to how you felt growing up. Like, um, did you feel like, you know, you were, um, you had everything you wanted, you know, or did you want, did you look over at other countries like the United States and things and think, man, I want to go there or, you know, whatever, because they've got... MTV or something, I don't know. Uh, it was totally like Fallout 3, man. I used to get up and go outside, wear the off- oxygen mask, <laughs> collect scrap metal. <laughs> no, not really. Shotgun shells, come back, give it to my dad, get beat up. <laughs> right, um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's, no, it's, no, I never, like, uh, like I said before, right? I mean, I never grew up thinking that, um, this is a thing, right? I mean, it's, it's not a bad place to live. Like, even now, I could go back and I could live. There are reasons why I'm here other than just quality of living. We'll get into that later. But, um, I, yeah, I was, it's not, my family's not, like, super rich. They're both blue-collar working class guys, but they're both pretty good with their money. Like, they saved a lot and they invested well. India was a growing country at the time. Like, I, like, they were, India before I was born was basically allied with Russia and they were doing the entire socialist Thing and they're trying to be communists and all this stuff. And 1991 was when the break happened, and they basically turned capitalist. And then money started growing, the stock market boomed, and all this stuff. So basically, it was also the fact that not only that my parents were good with their money, but the country itself, the economy exploded. Right. And a lot of people made good money too. Okay, so, so, it, so it's not that bad. So if you wanted something as a kid, you could get it, basically. I mean, yeah, I don't know how it works. Yeah. I mean, you'd be like, it, you, I don't know what your Christmas is or whatever over there, you know. Um, but you would be like, I want a guitar or something. And your dad would be like, all right, and you would get that under the yeah. under the, I have like the, the Buddha like statue. One of the, Atari, the Atari games that had the, uh, oh, fuck, because I was a little kid, so I don't know any of the games. But pretty much the main Atari system that had the the most famous, D-pad controller with a single stick and the red button. Or maybe that's all of them, I'm not sure. Oh, the red, um, yeah, the red button with the stick? That's just a 2600. Yeah, 2600. I had the, the one where you have that game where the guy, there's a central main, mainframe computer and you're shooting at him with this little green guy. Okay, uh, now I, I have I no idea. Yeah. yeah, I had that. I had, I had that, then I had, like, 
Well, if we if we bring it down to Sega, like consoles, I had the Sega CD or something. I mean, sure. we'll get back to that later. But yeah, sure. Okay. I had, when I wanted something, I could get it. Mostly for the most part of my life, it came down to Legos or video games, and I could always get them. Okay, so you never really felt like you didn't have anything. Like you just felt you felt you felt fun as a kid, and like now was crime an issue? I, you know, I've talked to some people on this show. You know, they 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 have similar circumstances to you, where they you know they went to a decent school and everything, but they you know it's kind of third world. You know, uh, the Javier in South America or um, that guy in uh, Kenya. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. But, um, you know, did you, like, could you just walk outside and go play, or did you have to stay within, like, some walled area? You know, I, I, t- tell me how no, that all no, works. No, no, it was completely free. Like, I could walk at, I, like, when I was um, 12, I used to take the bus alone across the town and stuff. And nobody like, bothers it, you or anything? It, I'm sorry? And that, and there's not a big crime problem or anything? You didn't get hassled? Not, not in my city. Like, there are uh, there are places. Uh, like, every town, there are places that are really infested. And then, uh, like, we do have, the like, the largest slums in the world, like this one area. And there's there's really ghetto places that you do go to, and it, it is dangerous. But then again, you know what? I've been to those places, and it's not really that bad. I, I just think it, it's, it's one of those things where I noticed this here, too, in Canada, is that uh, if you one, if you don't look like a target, then I would think that a lot of the times you, you'll be kind of okay. Two, I was a guy. Okay. So that kind of helped because then at least the entire like sexual assault part of things is taken out of the equation. Oh, okay. Is that a problem? Sexual assault? I mean, does that happen a lot or something? Like you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. You know what? I I couldn't give you like a proper statistic or anything, but it is a. I would say it is a problem to a certain degree. Okay. That's like any third world country, it definitely is. Now, now you mentioned before that you know, and and I know that India has a lot of different um, uh, sects or subdivisions. You know, the Muslim population, you know, broke off. Part of it became Pakistan, but I'm sure you guys still have Muslims in there. Uh, in the country of India, you got uh, what Sikhs is a group that's there, um, yeah. etc. But at the same time, ethnic-wise, I guess you guys are all the same. So, I mean, do you, is there, like, just certain uh, states or provinces or whatever they call it over there that you just don't go in because it's more or less, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, not, you, you don't feel comfortable there, that kind of thing? Well, um, not really. I mean, I've been to almost all of our states. I mean, I've traveled with my parents and... Uh, not only the touristy parts, we've been to some really down downtrodden places. When you're traveling around, you see a lot. But I would just say generally, I mean, Indians to other Indians are pretty friendly people. Really? Like, it's not really, it's not like how, I think Javier was talking something about Chile and Argentina and how there's always that kind of rivalry. Right. The only part you really experienced that kind of, that tense feeling was when I was in Kashmir. To the nor- northern state, which is like maybe you know about it. Oh yeah, the main. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's ter- disputed and all that. Dispute. Right, exactly. That's the I've been there too, and that's the only place where. And even there, the people are nice. You know, they're they're courteous. They're but you know that there's that tension that. Holy fuck! It's a bomb. Like you know. <laughs> you know and, uh, yeah. Uh, so. Well, uh, you have a bomb. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No, that's no, that's fine. Go ahead. No, I mean, like, my, my best friend, like, we're talking about Muslims, and, like, it, it, it's totally, like, India is one of those countries, like, an example in that sense, because we, like, the Hindu and the Muslim population just get along. Like, there's there's been problems, but for the most part, like, it's, we're just, we work together, we live together, we, like, you know, there's, 
a massive cultural exchange. And it's just, I mean, my best friend back home is like a Muslim guy. And I make fun of, like, things like, yeah, what are you going to do today? You're going to go cut up a goat or something? Like, you know, I mean, it's just yeah, it's so but, open. But but you would say that, uh, you know, before 9-11 happened in the United States and the invasion of Afghanistan and everything, um, that uh, there was some pretty high tensions between India and Pakistan and, uh, you know, points where the military would be on the border, there'd be bombings every so often and things like that. I mean, um, it makes me curious, though, you know, when you were living there, did you, did you think, you know, like in the United States, we always thought about, say, the Soviet Union when I was growing up. Right. You know, they're the enemy. We kind of concentrated on that. Our news talked about that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then as the 90s happened, we heard a lot about Saddam Hussein and Iraq and all that kind of shit. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, is it when you were growing up as a kid in India, um, did you think about China? Did you think about Pakistan? Did, you know, did, what, what, did any of that go through your head, or did you not give a shit? Uh, you know, how, how did that work? I, no, I couldn't have not given a shit, because my dad would come home and the news would be on, he'd talk about it. My dad grew up communist. Oh, okay. Like, seriously, my dad, in his 20s, he was like one of those kids you see on, like, TV. Like, you, you watch, like, Germany or something, like, before the Berlin Wall came down, there's always a was one of those guys like he's talking about communism and how it can save the world and stuff i mean he did turn i mean now he's just now he's kind of he's he's got like a right set of mind he's not like insane or anything but, um, <laughs> just, no that's fine i mean there's some people no, that, I mean, he, uh, that yeah, like i mean as you grow up it's like a kid thing right he was in his 20s 19 he, he wanted to change the world everyone does and just that was his that was a big thing like you know it was it was russia versus u.s and the world just had to like you know kind of some people just watched, and some people tried to take part. My dad was one of those guys who thought he could do something with it, right? And right. No, uh, yeah, communism isn't in in and of itself a bad thing. Uh, you know, it. The problem with communism is that it. You know, if you historically look at it, the the it's a system of you know managing the economy is all it really right. is, and you know, it's what it usually turns out to be is um, some sort of dictatorship. You know, I mean, yeah, that, managing people, right? And and that's the that's where it always goes wrong. But I think that people that want communism are, you know, they have the right idea in a sense. They just it always just goes sour. I mean, you know, that's the problem. It never really becomes like a, uh, you know, it starts off as a socialist movement for the people, you know, by the people, but then it always turns into some sort of pol- vendetta. Yeah, right. Some, but some kind of, you know. <laughs> policy, you know, Hitler, well, Hitler wasn't communist, but it was the same sort of thing, socialists getting into the power, Stalin, you know, Kim Jong-il, it's all the same thing. Anyway, I'm kind of going on a rant there. Okay, so you go through primary school, you graduate or get out of that, then you go into like a high school or what, whatever they call it. Um, junior, senior in college, that's what we call it there. Ju- junior, senior in college, okay. Yeah, junior is like the first year, like, you know, it's basically the 11th year of your education is junior okay. college and 12th of senior college. And then basically university. Okay. Okay. So so like twelve grades in, in essence of of, of high school yeah, and everything. Essentially. And um, so uh, this is interesting to me. So the the um, y- your your parents they had an arranged marriage and all that kind of stuff. And you're going through high school in India. Are you allowed to date? Do, are, is it co-ed in school at all? I don't even know that. Yeah. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. There, there, there are schools that are just like only boys or only girls and stuff, but. I went to like a co-ed school and uh, uh, fucking sucked. 
I mean, yeah, like girls just telling you from day one that you're just ugly and you stink. It's it's like the Don Anderson scenario, man. Like it, it's I like when Don Anderson was talking about that uh, the one episode where it's, he just comes out of the gym or something in the morning and like the girl is just like you stink. Like that that was totally me. I was just like you know laughing my ass off because that was me. Right? And that's totally what it is. But yeah, we have co-ed, and then yeah, you're allowed to date people in as soon as you're out of school. You can date people in school, too, if you want. Like, no one's going to crack down on you or anything. Your teachers might talk about you, but as long as you're, I don't know, as long as, you're, listen, you're going to go home and get beat up by your parents anyway, so life doesn't matter at that point. Right. Right. I was just curious how it all works culturally. You know, it's like one of those crazy things where you guys go to a dance and stand on one side and the girls are on the other side and they look at you and giggle. Um, I have no idea, you know, <laughs> how that all breaks down over there. Um, okay, so so you, you uh, so high school or whatever you want to call it, um, 11th, 12th grade standard, whatever, was, uh, you know, comparatively pretty much the same as uh, Western? I mean, is there anything you want to add that sort of, you know, that people don't know about any of it or anything, you know? Do you guys have to do push-ups before class or jumping jacks at your desk or anything? Nothing like that. Play chess. Play chess every morning. No, Would you say that the school system was uh, good? Would, did you learn a lot? You know, I mean, do you think people come out smarter? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I was wondering when we were getting on that part of the conversation. But now that I'm in Canada, I've been in Canada for two years. I've been through the university here. Um, university back home pretty much sucks, right? Right. But everything up till the end of the high school era, right? It's fantastic. Like, it's just, if I have a kid here, I mean, I'm sure that much. Like, if I have a kid here, he's going back home. Like, it's pretty much, he's going back home for at least that 12th grade kind of thing. And he'll come back here for university or whatever, however he wants to do it, but he or she. And it's just like, like, the education system till till that 12th grade, it's just like, dude, it's, it's not even comparable. Like, we have so much of it's an almost an unfair advantage for the students who are like the international students who come from India to here um, and do they do their SAT or something to get into college here. It's I'm telling you for the first two years we don't have to blink, man. It's so easy because we've just uh, we've been trained in that like the mathematics. It's just you. It's just insane. We we learn like things like multivariate calculus. They teach that in like second year mathematics degrees. Like you know we know it. It's normal stuff for us, and I mean, even stuff like history and geography. Like we have to, like we have to memorize shit. Like what is the capital of Brazil, and what rivers you have in Brazil? Where the fuck they build a hydropower plant in Colombia? Like I mean, shit. No one would even teach anyone. We have to sit in India and sit and memorize all of that. I could pretty much name out almost every state in the United States. Like I couldn't point it out in a map, but I could start. You know. No, that's all right, dude. We don't need to do that right now. No, um, no, you're, I, I totally agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, historically, you know, I can't say about the Canadian system, although I imagine that when the, you know, the Canadian system also follows some sort of an English system, but um, in the United States, you know, we've had a, a historical problem his, um, with uh, the teaching system here for high school, uh, you know, all the way up to primary school to high school because there was no real standard. Uh, and um, so teachers had a lot of authority to basically pass students on, you know, merit or whatever they wanted to, you know. And the problem right. with the, the problem with that is, you know, 
the teacher obviously doesn't want to deal with the, the the headache of failing a student because parents come in, you know, the program gets questioned, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they just right. they just pass the student on to the next problem. And I mean that, that you know that was the school system I went through, and um, you know I I struggled with it, but you know. Um, but in the United States, we have the highest number of uh, people in college, right. you know, it, yeah. which is right. a, which is the biggest difference. I mean, we see that on the news all the time here. Well, like our schools are horrible compared to the world's, you know, <laughs> you know, your children are failing every day. But the thing is, is that, that what people don't get told is, yes, but then more of us go to college and become scientists than yeah. other countries. I mean, but, you know, that we... It's a huge. It's a huge. Education's a huge problem here, and you know, there's these unions and all this crap. They, you know, they there's problems with that, and then it's fine how they're financed. You know, because it's mostly based on like um, property taxes here, so people go, go to polls and vote. It's 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 terrible system. It's just all around terrible in the United right. States. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about you. Okay, so. You graduate. You graduate from high school. You get your diploma and everything, and then you. Um, you told your folks, I'm out, I'm leaving, I'm going to Canada. No, I mean, tell me about that decision-making process, because we talked about it, we, we, you know, we, we heard about it on the, on the VGN forums, but, um, most people don't obviously know what was going through your head and everything, so can you give people kind of a little synopsis of what, uh, what happened? So, so, so here's the important thing, right, so I'm studying, I go to, I finish, um, basically I finish a senior college or whatever, I get my high school certification in uh, fucking science, right? So I've been studying physics and shit. And uh, the only thing that I really knew at that point, because I was so much into video games and stuff, people automatically assume that since if you're hanging around computers, you're going to be a computer whiz or something. So, I mean, and my dad's like, you know, you want to do science. You want, like every, like, you know, conservative Indian family, he wants to send you, the whole eternity in India is basically, you're either a doctor, an engineer, or a businessman. Okay, sure. Basically. Right. So, like, my dad's just like, yeah, I'd just become a scientist or something and, or go into science. And, and he basically, uh, it, it's kind of my decision, too, and his, like, his kind of persuasion. And I end up in um, what we call uh, Bachelor of Science in Information Technology. And I'm doing this thing, but I don't really like it. I mean, I'm good at it. I'm getting good grades and all this crap, and I can program and shit. But I don't really like it. And I'm studying, because I was so much into not only video games, but uh, stuff like like Final Fantasy, and they had that awesome stuff that you create, Kevin, like the FMV sequence. Right. Like all, all the all the story arcs and stuff. I used to love that shit. So I, I'm like, you know, I want to be an anim- animator, right? So I'm studying for this IT shit, and I'm studying animation on the side, right? And as time moves on, I start getting more and more kind of into animation. IT, I'm still kind of like, you know, trudging along, but animation is pretty much like I'm going to do animation. That's my goal. Right, and that's where I like you know I learned all that graphic design, and that's the kind of era where you know you wanted the CD done and you know the banners and all that, and I do some little stuff here and there, and um, so I'm doing this shit, and then I start like approaching my final year, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I get my portfolio done. I'm starting to get job offers, and um, this agent comes to school one day, right? This recruitment agent for the university I'm going to, and he talks about what it's like moving to Canada and stuff, and I think it's a good plan. I go and see him personally, I talk about it, and in my head, I'm thinking, you know what, I could um, go to, like, one of the animation institutes in Canada and, like, you know, basically enter North America and, like, study animation here 
and like you know get a job here because the good animation is taking place over here. There's a market for it. It's either here or it's Japan or it's France, and that's it. So I'm right. like thinking, yeah, I'll go to Vancouver Film School or something and all this shit. And I, I'm pretty much like two days away from signing up for this thing when I get emails from uh, the alumni at the of the film school. And they tell me stuff like, dude, don't go there. It's like I would avoid it like a leper colony and that shit. So, uh, but I'm still kind of invested in like, I want to go to Canada. Like, I'll do the animation shit later. I'll go to a different school or something. But at this point, I'm kind of like, the idea sounds cool. I've researched uh, Canada and all this stuff. And um, right. so pretty much I found find this agent again. He gets all my credits transferred to this university. Everything that I've studied. Now, the degrees are three-year degrees. Okay. So I finish my degree. We do like six courses a semester. I finish my degree. He gets all my courses transferred, and I pretty much end up here. And at that point, we're talking uh, start like first January 2009. My plan is uh, I'll do computers for another year. Well, hold on. I'll hold graduate. on. S slow down. Okay, sorry. S slow down. Slow down. Uh, we're going to get there. Okay, sorry. We're, we're going to get there. All right, yeah, okay. it's no problem. Um, but before we get to Canada and, and, and where you're going with it and everything in college life, um, uh, just staying on the India thing for a little bit. Um, I just had a couple more questions and, and just some opinionated, you know, opinion stuff from you. Sure. Um, you know, so, okay. it, so, you know, just to help people understand, in the United States, you know, uh, you know, I we don't really think badly of India in any any way. Um, you know, uh, we worry like about China because China has a military posture that is against us. You know, and right. uh, we, you know, when we lose jobs to manufacturing and things, it's always you know people point the finger at China. We did have a thing a couple of years ago about the outsourcing. It's a it's a problem here for us um, because you know it, we it, it's a it's a perception of a lot of jobs lost, but um, and people hate talking to people from India on the phone for their customer service because yeah they're 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 hard to understand and tolerate. Um, but on the whole, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody really thinks, hey, I'm going to go on vacation to India here because it, it's it's um, it seems too third world. Uh, in, in a lot of right. cases for us, um, you know, and, and we mostly see pictures of poor people and that kind of thing going on. Um, water buffaloes, yeah. Yeah, water buffalo, right. Giant elephants in the middle of the road, lots of cars honking, terrible infrastructure everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, Garbage. just, just yeah. yeah, babies picking up litter in the streets and things like that, right, just terrible. Um, but seriously, I mean, I think they're, they're, that is a perception, and uh, it's not a... I don't think it's a negative perception. I think it's more of one of those pull the heartstrings sort of we need to help yeah. help oh, India yeah. out kind of thing, and yeah, and yeah, totally. And, and then it kind of also goes into the you know, like every ethnicity, you know the you know the the Apu at the Simpsons show or whatever Indian, the way most yeah. Indians talk, et cetera, gets made gets mocked and made fun of, but. That's, uh, you know, that's just a standard sort of thing in the United States. You know, Chinese people get asked if they know Kung Fu all the time. You know, it's just, it's whatever you're, whatever you're from, there's always something that goes on. But, so tell me, um, you know, if you want to break any stereotypes or tell me how things are a little bit different, that would be really interesting. And also, I'd be curious how you feel India perceives the United States. Uh, oh, man, that's a large question. Stereotypes? I, okay, I don't know about stereotypes. I mean, it would be have to be more of like a question thing. We don't ride on water buffaloes to school and <laughs> any of that shit. Like, none of that shit's happening. And uh, I mean, it, yes, we have like a shitload of poor people. China does do better than us. Like we all know that. 
Um, the interesting perspective, though, is that uh, like we, I was re- I read like economics about this, and China basically does better than us because uh, they have a very export-oriented ex- economy, basically. Like America buys shit from China, Lebanon buys shit from China. With India, it's like you don't really see a lot of the export because a lot of our masses consume it. Right. Um, it's just a, it's just the way the thing works. Like I mean, the one thing that can be said is that India is definitely a lot more freer country than China is. Like they just move people out of Beijing to uh, right. build a stadium, do that thing. Like they they can't do that in India. I mean, there will be like riots. The people will be shot. Like you know, I mean, government people, like right. politicians and stuff. They just can't do it. They'll they'll have to accommodate it somehow. Um, but regardless, I mean. I don't know, man. I, I don't know about the 7-Eleven stereotype. Like, uh, you know what? I, I was watching this documentary or something on Discovery the other day. You know why? Oh. Over and opens up a 7-Eleven or drive a taxi cab or something. Over here, this part of Canada, they all buy a farm. Like, they open a berry farm. It's because it's it's like it's because we're like the laziest race of people you'll ever meet. I, I I think um, actually in in you know being here we we have a lot of doctors that are Indian here. Um, right. I live right. in I live in Doctor Central in Cleveland, and uh, we have right. you know an enormous amount of hospitals and doctors, and there's an enormous amount of Indian uh, doctors. I, I may even be stereotyping; they may be from uh, Bangladesh or freaking Pakistan. I have no idea, you know. Yeah. Being, but uh, Iran, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I can tell the difference between if they're from Iran or not. But um, the uh, uh, but, um, uh, you know, how, how, what is the perception of the United States over there? Then, well, you know, when you're when you're living there, do you just how do you see the United States? Um, big and far away. You don't pay much pretty, attention. I mean, I, uh, look, I would say it's something like this, right? I mean, uh, it's okay. Like, you want me to be honest, right? Now, this is not my opinion, right? Yeah, right. No, but exactly. Is, it's India. So that's, that's what I'm curious about. Right. Like, from, like things like this, right? You, you remember I told you about that best friend of mine, right? So he's Muslim, right? His name is Mustafa. Okay. Okay? And I was telling him about how I'm going to move to Canada. And there was also this thing. The other thing was my dad, I have family in New York. Okay. Um, and my dad was kind of like, why don't you just go to New York? We have family there and, you know, we'll find your university and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, like, I'll go to New York someday. I want to go and, like, you know, see no basically like that, that was a bit, like uh, we'll get into that later but basically i was like i want to do something different or do something that normal indians won't do like i want to go to winnipeg or something like go see manitoba or something like that do something dumb and stupid you know freeze my ass off in canada but the average indian would have taken new york now i was telling my friend about all this this has nothing to do with it until now i was telling my friend about all this and he's just like i'm glad you're not going to the u.s and he, I'm just like, why? He's like, just, man, the U.S. is like a... Like, I mean, he, he just has that perception. And it's something that, this is a very, like, how I would say, like, if I'm totally allowed to be free, it's like, it's a very post-9-11 kind of thing. That you can definitely see this kind of polarization that's happened in the world. You can almost see it's like the people who have allied with the Muslims and the Muslims and the other side. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. No, I, I completely do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very sensitive topic, but I don't think my friends are going to start listening to the show, so I don't really, I'm not afraid of that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time finding Declare it. jihad on me or something. Uh, but no, it's, um, 
So there's so, a yeah, there, there, there's, so there's like, there's an underlying negativity in certain in, in the Muslim population, right? In the Muslim population, for most of the Indians, if we're talking about more of the 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 right wing traditionalist, uh, actually no, I'm sorry, left wing. Left wing in India is I think they call they're the basically they're the socialist party, they're the commies, and the right wing is the capitalists, and uh, we're talking about like among the among the left wing crowd, among the, like the socialist crowd. The general perception of America is kind of like this cocky country who interferes too much with a lot of other stuff. But I think that's not just an Indian thing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I, you, you constantly see on the paper, like, France is flagging America for something like that, too. So that's one of the things. But the Republican side is totally like, you know, America is the future. I mean, America is basically the past, present, and the future, and they know how to run the world, and blah, 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 and things from there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So the... Um you know, the one thing I, I found, uh, you know, interesting about India, and, and you know, we were going to touch on this too, was the fact that um, the, uh, you know, most countries look at the United States as entertainment market, obviously our films and music, um, and mostly our films, um, you, you know, they, they enjoy those. And, and India basically has a massive uh, film... Second biggest. Yeah, production, you know, unlike any other country, you know, except the United States. Um, can you, uh, I don't know, talk about it. Bollywood? Yeah, Bollywood is huge. It's, um, like, for an instance, it, it's the second biggest, like I just right. interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, no, yeah, no, it's, cool. it's outside of India, and it's so huge that, in fact, I would constantly read about, in the papers, about how there are fans of certain Bollywood stars in Japan and in Russia, in Ukraine, Czech, and Slovakia. And, like, it's just, like, it's insane how big it is, but it is, apparently. And I think it's something to do with, um, like, besides the fact that, I, I don't know if we make good movies or not, I personally don't think we do, uh, but <laughs> it's, I think it's just, it's just one of those things where we do manage to take a, a certain, like, Asian um, ethic in our movies that almost all of Asia can relate to, and mostly South Asians will directly just lap it up. And it's, it's kind of just like, I mean, I don't know how really to say it. Like, it's, it's just there. It's, it's been there for the longest time. And even though you'd think Japan was, like, the second biggest economy, they should be able to do it. But I guess the language barrier, the fact that we just had the English advantage from British and stuff, and I, I don't know, like, a lot of different influences... A lot of a very competitive nature, but the movies, the, the, the movies, uh, you know, I haven't obviously watched my like a thousand Bollywood films or anything, but the movies always seem to be almost like how American movies were fifty years ago or something, where there's a lot of singing yeah. and dancing going on and overacting. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just I, I don't know what to, like. It's like like you know, I watch Korean movies. It's the same thing all the time. It's just, there's a piano music playing with the guy staring at the girl's face and girls crying. There's a river next to them and bicycle <laughs> somewhere. It's it's like it's the, the piano music. But there's a again. but there's a market for that there, right? I mean, people go and watch these movies, right? I mean, that's the same thing with us, I would say. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. In India, that there's a there's a there's a large. I mean. Do your friends say, hey, I'm going to go check out the latest Bollywood film when you live there? I mean, you know, I mean, is that how it goes down? Yeah, but they don't, yeah, my friends, yeah, but they don't remain my friends too long after that. <laughs> you have no idea how much, it's been just like, I literally, like, one of my prime reasons to actually come to North America wasn't like, 
oh, oh, fine, like, you know, I get to be in North America or whatever. It was like, I get to not have to talk to people about fucking Bollywood movies and Bollywood fucking music. Oh, really? And so fucking cell phones. Like, it was, yeah. Oh, really? So, it, was, it was a conversational thing, that cultural thing that just happened all the time? Yeah. I was, okay, I mean, maybe maybe if you allow me to go back for a second here. Sure, like, I, sure, like, sure. Maybe if this is, isn't apparent, like, you know, I mean, like, I grew up, and I, I'm like this kind of outcast kid, right? Because my family, like, we pretty much grew up pretty agnostic slash atheist, right? Right. So we're not, we're not, we're, we're really a very kind of solitary family. We kind of keep to ourselves. I have fun along with my parents, and we have kind of good conversations, and I read a lot of books. I was also an only kid, so that automatically kind of puts a little bit of, you know, I mean, I'm going to be a bit insecure when I'm around a lot of people. I can't really, you know, like brothers, like you guys, you know what I'm saying. Right. right. You, you have so much of stress to deal with when you're in a family of, with siblings. But you, when you go and you're actually dealing in the real world, you can take it because you, you have, like, you have all that tension already there in your head. You know how to counteract when someone calls you something. At least to some degree, and right. I just totally didn't have that. I like I used to. I wouldn't like start crying and like pull my pants down in the middle of a football stadium like you were, Kevin. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, long-time listeners of the show will know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I would just go back into my hole and play with my Legos and watch my Disney movies, and basically read Catcher in the Rye or something like that. So you can already see that I'm kind of like this outcast among Indian society because I don't really adapt to the culture that's around me. And so sure. really later on in life, I kind of just figure out how to find friends that like the same things I do. Right, right. And it, which happens with everyone, I'm sure. Right. And by that point, I'm already like I'm reading Anne Rand and I'm reading fucking Catcher in the Rye and uh, like American novels and British novels. And, you know, sure. I'm totally immersed in this culture. And that's probably why I come here and, you know, I can talk like this, but go on. No, no, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It, you, you, you didn't share in the culture. I was just interested more on the, in generalities. I, I realize that it's you know something you didn't really enjoy, but um, it, it, it is interesting uh, that it's such a huge market over there. And and uh, I just I I you know I just find it um, a little fascinating. Because those movies are so much not like movies in the United States, and yet they have like a huge following. And you know, if you, you know, occasionally, very rarely, is one even released here on DVD um, that people can you know watch. And uh, I don't know, it's yeah. just just very interesting. Okay, so you make the big trip over here to uh, well to the west and up to Canada, and. Um, were you nervous? Were you thinking, wow, this is weird that I'm going to be going here and living by myself in a new place and all that kind of stuff? No, not, not really. I've been living by myself most of the day since I was, like, in sixth grade. Like, my parents would just give me the keys. So I would, I, I mean, I was just kind of, like, had that shit-eating grin on my face, and I'm like, whoa, it's cold. Like, that, that, that was about the only thing I was thinking when I landed in Canada and through the flight. Like, um, oh, there was one thing, though. I didn't directly come to Canada. Okay. I told you about those that cousin of mine that lives in New York. So I left on Christmas, 2008, and uh, traveled across the world and landed in the U.S. in New York. That's right. Um, I, I do remember that. I remember the flu was going around, and you were worried about getting the flu or something. Um, or we were telling you to look out because you might get the flu. Um, yeah, that's right. So then you went up there. So you, okay, so you you had a little time to adapt to the to the West and the, how freezing cold it is here. 
Um, and uh, okay, so you go to school, everything's cool. I mean, you, you what are you in, like a dorm or something? Did you get your own place? How did that work? Yeah, first four months I live on the campus, on the campus um, residence, and uh, it was cool. Like, uh, I mean, I, I was, you know what? I mean, it, it, it was totally like, it was like a perception change. Like, pretty much before the flight, when, pretty much the time my visas had got stamped, I, like, I was in the mindset that I'm going to go there and this is what I'm going to be. I'm not going to be that kid who doesn't talk to anyone. I'm not going to be just hanging around Indian guys all the time and having this little circle. I, basically, I get, like, first day I go out, I'm hitting on the Japanese chicks, you know. <laughs> there, just, uh, is there a lot of them I'm in the British Columbia? Is there a lot of them in British Columbia? A lot of Japanese chicks or something? I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, you know, yeah, I'm, like, I'm going around. I'm, like, you know, I'm being all, like, loud and thing. I, I mean, I'm trying to do my thing. I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself. Sure. I'm, like, like, whatever. I'll embarrass myself for the first week, and then I'll know better, right? Right. And that's just how you do it. And it just... Well, you don't, you don't, you're obviously not suffering from the language barrier. I mean, you... Yeah, that was an advantage. You, you speak really good English, and, you know, you don't sound at all like, you know, a, a stereotypical uh, Indian off the boat type of thing. Um, but can't... I don't know what you're saying, Devin, like, but yeah. I, 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 I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I can't fucking do it. So, okay, so, so you... Now, um, obviously... Probably, I mean, I, I know colleges are a lot uh, very self-contained, but I do know you you eventually purchased a car. Um, did, did you find, you know, I know there's cars in India and stuff, and and as well, um, and I'm not sure how this works over there, but you know, in the United States, if you want to do anything, you got to have a car. Uh, did you find Pretty that? Much, yeah. Did you find that true where you're living there that you you needed the oh, car? Fuck yeah, dude, I live in the fucking boondocks. I live in like farm community, man. There's like a university. This is like still somewhat of a big city, but it's. It's like, like okay, I don't know the United States, so I can't really say anything. But like the places I've been in the United States, basically New York, right? It's not even comparable. Like it's just, oh man, this no, this place is way out there. It's a farm community. There is a bus route, but it's very limited. It's basically just the mall, the school, the hospital. So you can eat burritos and get shot at downtown <laughs> and go to the hospital, like pretty much. And like the, the town I live in is also like. Um, the murder capital of Canada. Oh, great! So it's, but it's also in the Bible Belt. So it's it's kind of like this weird thing where it's people are either really Christian, and they will stop you in the street and talk to you about how you should be coming to church or something, <laughs> and you'll just be like, you'll just meet Jehovah's Witnesses, like you know, some nice guy, like nice shiny guy with like a big smile in a suit holding like a little Indian kid next to him because he's all trying to like show off that look we accept Indians into our church too <laughs> like, or something dumb like that and dude seriously he came to my house with like that kind of I've, I've met the same guy twice and he came to my house with the same little Indian kid and I'm just trying to like what are you trying to do dude no it's not <laughs> happening sorry he's trying to sell you the kid he's like do you want to buy him or you know we have other <laughs> ones too he's trying to sell me the religion I guess but no I mean like my friends have tried to, some of my friends have tried to like convince me to go to church. And well, like, it's like British Columbia I, though too. So in your murder capital, I, a lot of weed in British Columbia too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically the drug. Drug people are getting killed. Drug yeah. Gang. 
Right, because it's the big drug trade that's going on over there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, tell me then, um, you, so you, know, you were kind of going on this a little bit uh, in the earlier conversation. You know, you come out of the, uh, the school system there, and you come into the school system here, did, did you, you know, in Canada anyway, in, at the university that you're in, and have you found it to be challenging? Is it easy? You know, how, how, how? Uh, no, uh, you know, I can't say because, okay, uh, school back home is tough. Like, it's tough because you have to deal with a lot of... You're doing six classes at a time, and all of them have these fucking thick books. Like, we're talking about, like, Lord of the Rings put together kind of books. <laughs> and for each of those subjects, you have to go through them. The teacher's half insane. It's just... You kind of manage it. Like, you stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're trying to get... Like, I literally had this time when we were studying for software engineering back home. I was at a friend's place after studying until 3 in the morning that I couldn't sleep for an hour and then when it, we kind of just went around and took a walk when he came back I went to sleep he's trying to kick me awake at 7 o'clock and I, he told me later that I kept muttering that I'm trying to complete the program like just wait it's compiling or some, some crap like that it, I mean studying is hard I came here and it's I can tell you this I've seen other international students really struggle with the system here Okay. but I totally I, I'm like I'm I mean, I'm not trying to be like an asshole or something, but basically I'm GPA 3.92 now, which is like in the A's. So it's, yeah, basically, you're it was easy it. for me. No, no, you're acing it, no problem, et cetera. Yeah, because, because it's different things. Like if you're, if you don't have the communication skills, like you said, Kevin, right? I mean, right. you've got to be able to talk to the teachers. You've got to be able to take the time to go after class maybe and discuss assignments with them. You've got to manage teams. You've got to do all this crap outside of just being like, uh, like you know, a robot, just studying constantly. If you can do all of that, you can keep like, a good schedule, do your projects, and still have a life in the side, you will be fine, right? Right. So I suffered in the school system back home. I was not that good of a student because I couldn't do all that cram work. But here I'm able to like get A's and stuff and kind of even learn something in the process and actually enjoy it. So do you find that the students that you're with uh, in, in, in college are um, not as good and or do you find that maybe they're suffering from entitlement issues where they you know aren't trying as hard as they probably should or anything like that? Um, I, like... I mean, how do you want me to answer this? Because it's, it's, I divide students into two. Uh, maybe I shouldn't, but basically there's two types. Right. There's international students, and then there's the locals. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm interested in the locals. I know the international right. students the, are, gonna, yeah, are there for a reason. Locals, on an average, like, yeah, they're, dude, they're, like, no. Yeah, it's, they're not, just not there. Like, except, like, for very few, like, we're talking, like, 1% of the 1% kind of stuff. People are just, like... Like, they just drop classes. They, they're just like, yeah, fine. I've been studying biology for three years, but I'm, I'm getting bored, so I'm just going to change a major. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's okay. Like, people tell me that I shouldn't uh, be that, like, you know, be that judgmental or whatever. But I'm just kind of like, you know, you're in your third or fourth year. Just finish the, like, just get, get it done. You know, it's a couple of classes. Just get it done. And, like, you know, do the Jedi. Go do a master's in something you like or something. You know, I mean... But, like, you do fourth year of this crap, and then you sit to do another two years and three years or something else, and then at some point, like, it doesn't show. It's basically, like, students that love college too much to get out of it. You know, they're not right. sure what they want to do. They don't want to graduate with their communication degree or whatever, you know, you talk about. And it's just one of those things. Okay. All right. So 
Now, you want to talk about your future plans and what, what your whole system is. So uh, explain that to me. What, what is the end goal here? Because you were talking about doing animation, and uh, but you went into these computer courses or whatever at this school. So uh, round it out for me. Okay. So, okay. So animation is completely off the block right now. Okay. But I've been off it for two years. I mean, I don't even... Uh, fuck, no, I'm, I'm completely out. I don't even think I'll be able to do it at this point unless I really immerse myself for another two, three years because I'm completely out. So that's pretty much gone as far as I'm concerned. I'm trying to be realistic here. Computers, um, I just hate it. Like, I wouldn't do it. Like, I, I, like, you know, and I listen to you guys, like, um, when you guys are talking about computers and Larry's talking about computers and I go online and I read about computers, I'm just like, this is not, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help that, like, the general student crowd, like, I don't know, Kevin, if you interact with, like, young people who are into computers, they're fucking assholes, man. They're, like, cocky as hell. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's kind of cool that you entered computers where you are already kind of, like, you know, sentient. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, young people are just, like, they're sitting in class and they're, like, dissing the teacher. The teacher's got a PhD in something, and he's an interesting teacher. But just because they're, it's all about, like, taking sides. Like, I think Java is better than C Sharp. I think C Sharp is better than this crap. Who cares? Like, no, I, I would imagine when you get out in the industry, you're supposed to know every. You're supposed to know how to, you know, come up with a solution. Right. Like, if, for normal people, you're just the computer guy. Like, they don't want to know what the, what database. They want to know my like, you know, business intelligence and shit. They just want the shit done. Right. 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 No, that's that's. I mean, that's standard. I mean, taking it from where I'm at, you know, I can go into classes, and in in the same thing happens because I go into all kinds of like um, catch up courses that I take at the uh, Cleveland State University, and uh, they, you know, it's the same thing. There'll be people in and they'll be talking about the languages they use as opposed to what you know, because we what happens is you get a lot of guys that come into classes just to learn if they should move to a different you know, a different language or a different type of thing, and then they start debating with the teacher over the, the pros and cons yeah, of it. it's stupid, man. I mean, yeah, it is. I it, mean, yeah, like, you know. It is because at the end of the day, your employer kind of sets the, the, the goal, and, uh, you know, if I had gone into college, I did not go to college right out of high school, and if I had gone into college right out of high school, all of the languages except for C++ um, are no longer worked on. They're no longer right. being made. They've changed right. them. And the same thing would happen to anybody that comes out of college. You you know, you could learn C sharp, C sharp might be around, but odds are something better is gonna be around in a couple of years and everybody's gonna switch to that. You know, it's just yeah, how it like, is. You know, like I was reading about this the other day. Like I, and you probably experienced this, right? When you were growing up, when you were coming out in the nineties, nineties was like the the golden age of the Java network server based client server based programming. Sure. Right. right. And and then you come into the 2000s, and we get, boom, CSS. We get this Ajax shit in, like, 2005. It starts getting big. And now, like, all the jobs I see are all web programming. And, like, Java is basically out. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's still jobs. but and, and you know what? I mean, programming isn't even, it seems to me, it's not even that big anymore. Like, basically, India's taken most of the programming jobs. It seems that the stuff that's big is stuff like business intelligence and databases. Like, you know, until... Like, maybe someday, who knows, that might get outsourced. Like, I mean, you have to understand the perspective. Of it. Now that I think of a computer guy, I have to think from, like, the same perspective as you guys think. I have to combat against my own people in India, because I know they'll, you know, do it. Yeah, the, 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 um, the, the thing in the United States is that you need to probably, if you're going to outsource, you still need to have a core team to translate what's going on to the people that are in India. You know, if you're going to hire 
um, a team to develop something, you, you and you're the guy, you don't really know what you want, and you don't know what, if you're being handed a load of bullshit. And so, um, a lot of times, yeah, they do need to have core people. But you're right. But a develop, there's a massive demand for development in in the United States uh, still, and yeah. it's. Um, I get job offers all the time, and they're not that great of job offers, but they still happen, you know, even in this economy. And so it's like, right. um, it, it's not something that goes away, but it's not a job or a career that's, either, you know, very stable. Uh, because, yeah, exactly right. you, you know, the you work on something and then the guy, the, you know, software companies merge or they go out of business. You know, how long can you sell a piece of software before it's, Either the competitor has made it their version better and you're obsolete, or um, your software is, uh, y- you know, d- done basically. And then the guy's like, "Well, I don't need you anymore. You're out." You know, and then you're not, you're out of a job. It's um, it's a it's a it's a terrible field to go into, and it's one of the reasons why it pays so well. But you know, I would never tell somebody to to um, uh, you know directly do that i think with you it was more of a website art type of thing which made a lot of sense you could do stuff with that you know on your own i don't think hardcore programming is a great career field for anyone like if you're just going to write write software that's that sucks i'm totally glad that i would listen i'm sorry sorry no sure i'm totally glad that i remember a day i posted something on the forum like being like you know i actually find programming interesting it's going to be great and then like pretty much in six months like i'm i i I keep listening to you guys and i'm just like yeah i mean like the more statistical research i do the more i go on forums and listen to people talk and it's just like this is not where i see myself like i don't want to be in a job that when i'm 35 i have to like be out with my resume looking like doing 50 interviews before i get right right like it's it's just, I, I mean, basically, that's that's what I notice, right? You know, and um, but anyway, I mean, if we get back to the talk of well, what I'm trying to do in the future, like for instance, right now, like I I emailed you before, I said I was giving a couple of exams. One of them was like a school exam, but I've also been studying stuff like uh, like you know, there's this company called H and R Block, sure, um, which does taxes, right? Absolutely. So I just yeah, I found some an ad online, and they were like offering they offer these courses, right? And I'm like. You know, it, it's cheaper than my school tuition. I basically had earned some money on the side, and I was just like, you know, I'll spend it on this thing. And I did the tax course, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, because I'm starting to like all these, I'm starting to like economics and finance, and I've kind of liked them from before, but now that I'm actually studying them, sure, like I'm doing this tax course, and I'm also studying for my insurance broker's license, I actually genuinely enjoy that stuff. And maybe it took me five years of computing to really realize what I really want to do. Maybe that was necessary, but... It's like right now I'm pretty much targeting that, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I gave this tax exam. I'm pretty much assured that I'm going to get a job with them. And I'm going to work with them for the next four or five months during tax season. Um, and, you know, pretty that's, much get my insurance broker's license done, start working there, and go from there. Yeah, that's that's a risk as well because it's purely an information job that can be outsourced, uh, you know, in, in both cases. Um you know, it, it people do tend to want an insurance agent that they see, you know, firsthand in a lot of cases. So, you know, you can get a market there, but a lot of it is commission-based, and you have to build it up on your own. A little bit risky, you know, career move. But, I mean, if H&R Block's going to hire you, then, you know, that's cool. I mean, if you have a way in, that's great. But it's, it's, it is a risk, I think, overall, long-term, because I don't think those sorts of jobs will be here um, 20 years from yeah, now. Yeah, and... 
uh, to be honest, like that's not even my final option. Like the thing is, like I actually my main target right now is to get into like deep into finance and get into like mathematical finance. That's why I made this post about the forum. Right, I remember that. I want to study mathematics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking like you. You've noticed that that I would keep talking about financial information systems and shit like that. But basically, that's that's what I want to achieve. And there's this. Um, Really high up in the field, there's this job called an actuary, who's basically someone who uses, like, you know, mathematics and stuff to predict the risk of something happening. It's an insurance. It's like a very high-level insurance field. We're talking about, like, uh, like big bucks and stuff. And it's difficult to get into because you, you have to basically pass these really rigorous math exams. But it, 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 the thing is, I, I feel like I can, like, kind of target that because it's it's kind of like uh, it's a very static thing. It's not to, It's nothing to do with... Like this, this, this HR woman likes you or not, or something like that, or she, this boss likes you. It's, it's just like you have to just get through these math exams, and they're tough as fuck. But it's, it's, you know, it's this, it's this level. It's a barrier to entry, and a lot of people can't do it. Right. And it's a decision-making job, so it can never be outsourced. You know? well, yeah. And it's a growing field, right. and you go, and even this insurance broker thing, for example. You let me get back to it. I've actually done like my research on the statistics of this job. Like I, I went to like uh, in BC, mm-hmm. um, insur- car insurance, for instance, is um, completely like state owned. Right. It's uh, Insurance Corporation of British Columbia. Okay. And people constantly need it. Like it's not the job can't be outsourced because the government keeps it here. Okay. And this corporation's been here for like thirty years and it'll continue to be here. Right? Okay. Well, that's different. So that's different that's than the United States, right? In the United States, it's all it's not it's not state owned. So that's the big difference. Yeah. Well, definitely, yeah. But I mean, like, I'm I'm trying to go for like a small safe bets at this point. Like, do the tax course, get the job there, get that experience to count towards the brokerage job. You know, keep moving up in the brokerage while I pass those exams to get into the actuary job, and you know, take it from there. And uh, you know, I mean, it's a risk, but you know what? I mean, the area I live in, uh, BC, is we've got like a shitload of population of Chinese immigrants and like Indian immigrant families. They all send their kids to fucking go and study computers. Right. And they're all working at like HSBC or we've got like a big EA sports department here. Like one of the biggest in Canada is right here. Right. It's one of the biggest software companies right around the corner. And it's just like full of like, I mean, I tell you, man, I got friends who got like their internships there. They're just telling me about how you, they can literally see it. Like the HR person will be some lady and she'll, her son will be doing like computers and she's just waiting. She's keeping the position on hold for him to come into his third year or something so he can get an internship with the company. Like, it's it's just like, um, this area has the worst competition when it comes to IT. Even out east in Toronto, it's better. Here, it's, like, completely saturated. So IT is totally out of the place. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to work at a game company. I mean, forget about it. Uh, you know, yeah, it, yeah, totally. If you, you could get a job making good money working for an insurance company or a hospital medical billing systems, things like that, because, you know, there's... A, most most computer money is in the financial sector. Uh, you know, building yeah. um, uh, software. That's where my cousin cousin works in New York. He works at Wall Street as a financial information systems analyst or something like that. Right. And yeah, his. You know, I mean, I, you said you've been a consultant, so you know the ins and outs of the industry. But I think at his peak, he was making some money in like. 120, 130 up per hour kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's so. yeah that's actually pretty standard. Uh, the 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 um the, the the market is there for that, you know, and but it's um it, I don't know. It's, see, it's weird for me to hear about all that because out west, 
you know, it, it, I'm sure the competition is thick, especially for trying to get into a game company or something. And I'm sure the talent pool is very good, you know. But yeah. it is interesting, though, that with all of these guys coming out of school with all of these degrees and they're all so smart and all this stuff, you know, that the end product that we get most of the time is not very it's good. Shit, yeah. And you just wonder now, to yourself. Now, 2024. The same shit ever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's like where is all that great development going? Yeah, I don't, they know Don Anderson will buy like a like a secondhand copy, so they're still making it for him. Yeah, I mean, I watched that thing on sixty Minutes the other night when they were at Facebook, and the programmers every so often like get up and play speed chess. It reminded me of like the Soviet Union talking about their workers or something. <laughs> it it just it just seemed like really like you know propaganda more than reality, you know because. Hey, try to keep Facebook from crashing. You know, that would be a good idea, you know, with all your genius programmers that you have there. I don't know. I don't know how it all... I, I've never really been worked inside of, a, you know, a, um, a, a real extreme programming type environment that a lot of people work, you know, and learn about and all that sort of stuff. Everything I do tends to be more... I see myself more like a mash unit of programming where I go in and... Um, tie stuff up and get things to work because they need it to work now and not... Six months from now, you know, that that's what I Basically, do. Basically, you're, you're like part of the hacker culture. That's, I mean, that's what the golden age of programming is, was like, right? right. I mean, systems have already been built. You just have to go in and, like, you know, put a patch here and exactly. this thing. And, right. Right. And and I don't spend a lot, you know, today there's a lot of new, uh, new methodologies and systems and people get down and they sit around and drink coffee and critique each other and things that... I mean, I would, I would love to do that. I mean, I would, I would, I, I, I eat it up. I mean, it's what I, it's what I do. I mean, I know everybody's assholes, but I could totally sit with the guy and debate what you know if Java or C sharp is better. That I love all that. Uh, you know, it's it's great for me. I, it, I don't, I don't really care. But you know, it's like um, I think part of it comes with just confidence in my own ability to be able to do that. You know, I, I don't. I don't feel threatened by any of it because I'm older, you know, I'm not looking to prove anything, so I don't care if I'm right. wrong, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. But, um, so with this financial thing, when you do make your first million, don't forget about the small people that run podcasts. Um, Dude, I just, come on, I, like, I, I would like completely try to like, help you guys out as much as I can. Just kidding. Okay, like if like if we just give me a minute to talk about like the VGN love. I I literally like the only I would say the only guy who can even compete with me as much of, as big as a fan I am of you guys is Jedi, and even at that level I listen to like a show a day. Like I have the entire archive. I have a show from like 2005 or something loaded up ready to go. Like I just at least a show a day. Some days where I'm like just hanging around at home, it'll just be like multiple. Shows. I'll be doing shit, and I'll, like I'll have like your show playing in the back. Oh well, like thanks, man. Like yeah, I mean, dude, I, I like every joke. Like I could just like it's it's insane. But, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm going to stalk you guys. But, I yeah. no, I listen. I you know it 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 seems I've thought about talking about this on an old blast, and I haven't done it yet. But I I think that. Um, uh, it, the audience members who get our shows um, from the you know from the onset that listen to it now are are people that are very intelligent and are people that uh, you know are beyond the, the fart joke and the and the knock knock joke um, and and you know get a get a certain type of humor and get what we're doing um, and th that audience to me is is um, better than any other audience. 
and you know you're included in, in that but if you look at all the people like you know I ask for something you know like a, like a piece of artwork or something and we get like you know dozens of submissions that are all really good you know um, if I ask for technical help you know people come out of nowhere and they, and they know answers to things and it's and it's amazing how smart this audience is and it, and it takes a certain kind of people to to, to listen to this show, and it seems silly, because, you know, half the time Brian's eating garlic bread or, or taking a poop <laughs> on the toilet, and uh, I'm getting angry because I can't do a game review, and, and Larry's laughing like a hyena or something in the background, but, you know, it's the, it's, it's the thing, like, you know, I think that we, we're producing something that's just really um, realistic, like real, you know, it's like real guys yeah, sitting sure. around talking and you know it takes a certain amount it takes a certain care for the listener like yourself to to get it to get what we're doing because a lot of people just listen and they'll just be like well this is terrible you know they're not making me laugh right now so i'm not listening anymore you know or something like that and it's like if you you know that's dishonest you know that's like we're you know we're I don't know. We're, we would be coming on and we'd be, we would be like telling jokes all the time. Like, you know, how, hey, how about this one? You know, and, and it would be really bad. And instead, I think um, we have natural audience. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that guy you were talking about, the, the talk show host, who just keeps making jokes about, like, him stuffing his cock in someone else's mouth or something? Oh. Like, I, maybe people are expecting that or something. They expect you to just go on and be like Jay Leno or something like that. Yeah, I mean, or you know, or just being overly serious about the video game conversation. You know, breaking it all down to the bits and the pixels and things. And you know, but but there's a lot of other shows that do what we do. You know, they they talk and they they they, they laugh and everything. But it it feels very forced. I. I have a real problem with that personally. I mean, I, I think that um, maybe we're not going to be funny, you know, for a show. Maybe we'll just get on. Everybody yeah. will be tired. The show won't be very hilarious. You know, we've had those shows, but it, 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 you know, you as an audience member know that that's just how it is. You know, like you right. you walk away and you go, well, that show sucked, but um, I'm going to keep listening <laughs> because eventually you're going to have you know the you know, those those episodes that are usually on the tribute show when we used to get Jedi to do tribute shows for us since he's, oh, given, awesome he's given that up. I was up. just going to say, you, you do say that, uh, like, you know, we look above the fart jokes and the knock-knock jokes, but we can never look above the deck dog joke. No, right. That, that dog joke is just... No, it's it's not that we we're above those kind of jokes. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is those jokes come naturally. Nobody planned them. Right, right. You know, we're not sitting around thinking. You know, how can we make this funny like right now? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, um, you were talking about that. I, I found it atrocious when you were talking about like the uh, maybe that's a harsh choice of the word, but you were talking about Corey's show, and uh, you're talking about how he, you guys talk and you have all the little jokes, and you're trying to do, like, a VGM thing, and then if he's not happy, he stops it and re recording you're, you're forced to laugh at the same joke. You're supposed to do the same yes. thing. Yes. I'm like, how can you do that, man? I, I couldn't even get it through my head. I, I have a problem on that show, dude, because I can't, <laughs> I don't say, like, he rags on me for not saying anything, and one of the reasons I don't say anything is because I don't think it's that funny. And, you know... I come, but see, it's not my show. He has a different audience. You know what I mean? He has a bigger audience, and he has a different audience, and they sort of expect a lot of that canned laughter. I mean, a lot of it's genuine laughter, too. I mean, there's some really funny moments on that show, and I actually do have a good time doing it. But when we do things like that where we have to re-record stuff, yeah, it's it's really weak. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I totally get it, though. I mean, I, I, like, I'll tell you from the most recent one, too. Like, I was listening to a recent show, and you guys are talking about, like, uh, 
Jedi moving to Boston. And it's, it's like the stupidest shit, but it's like the inside jokes that are so great because you do that accent and you're like, off the map of juice. And it's like this joke for two minutes where you guys are just making fun of people in Boston talking like they're the heart of Deep South. And I just like the stuff like that that's just kind of like scattered in the middle of like mm-hmm. these shows that just make it so great to me. Right, like, at least. right. Like, the little jokes, like, you know. I, I just think that it takes a certain type of audience member to get it and, and appreciate that. And that's why I think I, I have the best audience. You know, we have the best audience, you know, that just gets it. And I think that, you know, there's some Jedi, you know, people didn't like him coming in because he doesn't fit the mold. But at the end of the day, what I've always explained to people, too, is that, you know, it's a game. It's a vid- it's a video game show. You know, we have to right. talk about video games at some point uh, during the show. I mean, as funny as Brian is, you know, we can only make him so <laughs> animate, you know, so often yeah. before he uh, just gets angry and you know, or he does one of those "I'm not going to do the show tonight" type of thing. So, yeah. Anyway, we don't want to go on about that anymore. But you know, I I completely appreciate you listening all these years and the rest of the audience that listens to us. I just think my audience is the best audience ever. Um, we're, okay. just, uh, we're, we're just going to get a like a little gift bundle together and send you like multiple copies of V for Vendetta and <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, with lots of backstory. Was that old man movie uh, the one you like? Old with, boy, uh, old boy. The, the one, No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, no, we'll country. Oh, you, no. Like, a bunch of those movies. That's like, that's, that's, that, 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 package. Yeah, that's for Larry. Uh, he was he was very upset with that movie. Um, all right, so let's talk gaming then for a minute. Um, what do you got these days? What are you playing? Oh, fuck. I was actually going to call into the last show and talk about that, but basically nothing really. I mean, since the last two years, the only game I've really sat down and played is uh, I play like, with a large amount of commitment. We're talking like a thousand hours or more is uh, Team Fortress 2. Uh, oh, really? Which is, uh, have you heard about it? Ooh, Team Fortress 2? Yeah. Sure. What? It's like part of the Half-Life uh, yeah, yeah. orange box yeah, package. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it. Yeah, okay. I, I'm thinking there in my head. I'm thinking, wait, is that Team Forge? Okay, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. You're confusing uh, me. Yeah, but. it's the one with all the uh, like the funny characters from the 1950s. Yeah, I've played like it. That. Yeah, I have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great game. That, that's great. That, uh, I have a Nintendo DS that a friend basically forced me to buy uh, because, like, basically starvation diet from gaming. So I'm, I'm playing, like, games like... Um, I'm still playing the fucking first, the Super Mario Brothers that came out on the Nintendo DS. The game is fucking horrible, man. Fucking doesn't have a, like, it doesn't have a saving system until you go and, like, you have to go into this bonus area to save. Like, they don't allow you to save the fucking game at every stage. And every stage after a while gets so tough because you haven't, I'm not a kid, I haven't played those Contra-like platformers for fucking 20 years. You don't have a, it's just, I mean, I can totally see where your frustration comes from, Kevin. Like these, and I like platformers. I totally on the PS2 days, I totally lapped up like Ratchet and Clank and Jack and whatever like the fuck came out, you know. But I mean, this is just ridiculous. My my problem with games like that, okay, and I grew up in the golden age of video games, and I I never really got along with them. And I will tell you what the problem is: is that for me. Uh, the issue is, is that you know, there's basically a pattern to those games. You have to do things very precisely. You have to jump at a certain time, jump again, yeah. you know, duck, run, jump backwards. Do you know? It's like you just so all you're doing is playing a big game of memory. You know, you're trying to remember the pattern to to move through the game, and uh, that's the same with Pac-Man and and uh, Russian Attack and. Ghosts and Goblins and all those early games and yeah. Super Super Mario Brothers, exact same thing. And to me, that was really boring. 
You know, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to play games that had more creativity in them. And so when I would always play those arcadey games, I would always try to do something different. You know, well, what's up here or what's over? There? You know, and then I would die. Zork. You know, and I'd be like, Zork and, uh, yeah, well, we're just this is no good because I just I, I get dying over and over again. And I thought, well, I, you know, obviously I could spend an infinite amount of quarters and play this arcade game yeah. over and over again to master some pattern, you know, but to me there just was no, I don't know. I, it, so I've always, when I get frustrated, I get I get pretty frustrated, I quit playing. I don't know. There's too many video games. that King Kong documentary, or Donkey Kong documentary, The King of Kong? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Man, I couldn't understand the obsession of those guys with that arcade thing. Because it's the same shit you're telling me about right now. It's just, right. like, it's, they basically glorify that that form of like you know pattern matching right. and like you know the repetition and you're just like how is this and they make it like this big dramatic thing like you're watching the OC or something like you're watching one of these these children's show right right like, right Jersey Shore or something like, it's just like how is this interesting and my all my friends like all gamers like you know sit holding their rock band guitars while they're fucking watching the movies it's like. Is this fucking awesome, dude? I'm like, no, this is fucking gay. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Fuck this. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really a, a peculiar that there's so many people that find enjoyment in playing games that uh, essentially just, you know, it's all about re- remembering a pattern. And uh, I, I've always found video games to be more interesting when they were, uh, they allowed you more freedom and more creativity. And uh, even today, I have a hard time with games that are scripted. I mean, we talked a little bit about that um, with Uncharted, for instance, and um, you know the the ability to 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 move off and and not play something so rigid. Modern Warfare, I had a problem with Modern Warfare uh, Black Ops because it was so rigid. That's just me. Everybody has their own thing. Some people like that. I'm somebody that wants a little bit more. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I will say though that for all that, like all of the rigidity, in those games. The thing is, I can I can always like I'm a I'm a sucker for RPGs. Like one of the reasons right. why my friend actually told me to buy the DS is because at the time he told me pretty much like. You can buy RPGs; they're cheap and such, and it, it, like you know, I mean, it, it'll be hours of enjoyment. And I love RPGs. Like most of my, I have my PS2 from India here that I've been trying to run for ages because it's it's like a PAL versus NTSC kind of problem. Sure. But basically, because I've got a bunch of these games, like pirated essentially, uh, which basically I won't be able to find anymore, like Persona 4 right. and this Gaia 2 or something. I, I can't find them, so I have to pirate them just so that I can play them, because I'm a sucker for those kind of RPGs. But I think that the important thing is that games like Mario, for instance, which where they're telling you that this is supposed to be arcadey, it's supposed to be like little bits of enjoyment, like a mini-game, I'm just like, this is fucking frustrating. It, it, at least if, like, with RPGs, they have a little bit of story element, a little bit of, like, you know, a little bit of a feature film to it, like Final Fantasy's got the special effects, and... You know, I mean, I can kind of live through those things. I can watch the special effects, and I can be like, that's cool. That's probably the animate, like the animation guy in me going, right. yeah, this is still kind of cool. But, like, Mario or, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't do those kind of games. Like, I couldn't do Zelda Ocarina of Time. I tried to play it, like, ages later. I just couldn't do it. it well, right. Like, I, I, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's another one. It's, it's sort of an RPG, but not really, because it's more like, you know, there's a set path. I mean, RPGs allows you to have a lot of creativity. That's I, why I like RPGs, because, you, you know, the creativity comes with how you're going to equip your party, how you're going to set your party up, who's going to wear what, you know, how you're going to strategize. Yeah. Um, you know, racing games, for instance... Single-player racing game, you know, you, there, there's variety. You can change your car, you can you can change out the loadout and stuff. But then, when you go to, like, multiplayer, 
Everybody plays the exact same car and drives the exact same course at the exact same second. You know, they, they, they shave off at the exact, you know, and you have to do everything precisely the same or you're not going to win. And it's just a problem where, like, I, I have with a lot of video games where it's become a game of memory. And I, I don't know, I don't dig on it. But anyway, let me ask you one last question um, before we roll out. Um, you're an artist, you do art, and you're talking now about going into finance are you leaving the art world behind what's what, what is your plan is it just going to be a hobby uh, no I, you know what i wouldn't like to say that i want to leave anything behind because at the end of the day like i've still retained some of that animation ethic i think i think at the end of the day what i what's really attracted me about everything like everything that i've done related to gaming or art or whatever is is the storytelling elements like i've i've loved the storytelling elements in all the final fantasy games even though they're kind of cliche I, I do go and I watch the Korean melodramas because some of the things in their plot lines are interesting. And, uh, like, you know, I think at the end of the day, what, uh, what I really think is that even if I'm doing the finance stuff and I have a little time on the side, uh, I might, like, you know, go to art classes, learn a bit of figure drawing, and maybe start my own webcomic or something just for my own, like, just, just to have, like, like, like Kevin, right? you do this video game show. Right. And, I, like, if I was in your position, like, uh, like you said, the greatest thing is, like, this audience that you have. Right. That you can just go in and, like, shoot the shit with, right? An audience of like-minded people, you know they're exactly. going to, uh, like, you know, talk about certain things. I like, basically for the same reason. Just to have that, like, you know, maybe start a webcomic to have that audience uh, who I can talk to about certain things. And, right. Uh, that, that's pretty much the goal at this point. Yeah, it's an outlet for me. You know, to do that, to do this, and, uh, you know, I, um, but I've been doing this a long time, I mean, even before I was podcasting, I did websites, I did bulletin board systems before everybody else, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess, you know, I spend an <laughs> enormous amount of money trying to put together, it's, I always see myself as like the host of a party that I'm not at, you know, like, uh, you know, inviting everybody over to the house, you know, I provide the drinks and the food and everything, and I'm walking around picking up plates and everything, and, and then everybody leaves, you know, and they say, hey, I had a great time and stuff, and I'm like, I'm glad, you know, you're welcome to come back, but I myself didn't, you know, I didn't have that great of a time doing it, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, harsh, but... Um, no, I just, I just think, like, Kevin, the Kevin Baird in my head is kind of like this, the, like the epitome of, like, this confused kind of but good-natured guy because you keep talking you, you have these lines that you say occasionally where, where it's just like like you're trying to kind of do something and you always end up kind of just being a beat late but you're talking about um <laughs> that's true like when you're in high school or something you would try to fit in both the groups so you'd wear like a jean jacket and then like you know some kind of I yes. know, rave pants or something right or something exactly yeah yeah, all, I just I just found that hilarious. The funny thing is, you can actually be in that position that you can somehow, you know, have all these people around you, and it, like you know, I mean, I would think if like if you're a guy in a jean jacket and like emo pants, you'd get beat up, you know, because <laughs> you just like what you're trying to form your own little clique or something. But, but it, it, like you don't you you seem to have avoided that entire. I mean, there was that one time where the guy you, you talked about how. You like it, don't you? Or something is pounding your face. Oh yeah, I was that was sixth grade though. That was I was normalized then. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. Then was... I guess pretty much you've been immune to most of the like you know that system of stereotyping by kind of just being yourself, and you've kind of had this 
magnificent to like assemble this army around you that can kind of you know. I am just like I, the um, Mansfield Prison guys, you know. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am blessed with an enormous amount of friends who didn't. Uh, what happens typically in, in the United States is that when people get out of uh, high school. They go off to college and then they stop talking to all the people that they went to high school with. And uh, right. we were a large clique of friends. I mean, very large. And uh, part of it was because. Unwashed. Yeah, right, exactly. The unwashed. <laughs> uh, part of it was because my brother had met a large group of people. They could buy beer. And so my friends hung out with his friends. And so there was this cross-generational thing that was going on where um, it was really big and it was all through, like, the years when we couldn't buy alcohol, which was, you know, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, you know, so a long time to hang out with the same people because, because of this weird thing where people could buy beer and some people couldn't. And uh, that's just turned into, you know... Um, a, just a large group that we all still hang out. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, but it's um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It, it. It's unlike anybody else I know. Most people get married, have kids, virtually stop talking to everyone they ever went to school with. I mean, some people have like one friend. Oh, I know them from high school or something like that. But there's nothing. I, I literally there's nothing like I have with my friends, and so you know it's it is it is pretty cool. But all anyway, right, all right, man. But it's, you know, that's how it is. Okay, so we did about an hour and a half. Uh, that's great. Um, did you have anything you wanted to close out with as far as uh, letting people know about India, about Canada, um, about uh, mathematics? Should more kids do math? Uh, you know. <laughs> no, just, uh, I don't know. I mean, so, okay, if, you, if you're in fucking school, uh, don't do the Jedi. Um, don't finish your fucking degree. Don't, like, you know, don't, I mean, do, don't do the Jedi. Oh, and, and, and don't, don't, like, okay, I'll tell you one thing, Kevin, right? Like, just the last point, right? Among all the shows that I've listened to, I'm, I'm going to keep up with the common theme. Last time I flagged uh, Jackal, this time I'll flag another guy, is, because uh, everyone hates me anyways. Um, Akuma, every time he was on your show, he's not, he's been off the radar for, like, a long time, but I just couldn't listen. Like, I just, I can listen to almost every show you guys have made, even, like, the shittiest quality shows, like you know it's just you and like Don Anderson or something you guys are just like completely out you guys can't talk there's nothing there's no chemistry going on I can listen to those shows and kind of enjoy it any show with Akuma in it I just can't do it because the minute he starts he starts swearing like like completely like those Boston guys like I've been to like New Jersey and everyone sounds like the same right. everyone talks like they're just like they're right out of like a, like a Jay-Z rap album like it doesn't even matter they can, they can be like like fucking white as like you know fucking uh, like some uh, Italian 1920s gangster, and they'll still sound like they just walked out of the hood. Right. And it's it's just, oh, man. It, I just, maybe it's me, and I'm no. in New York. I couldn't find it impressive. It's just, you know. No, I mean, it's he, he has a harsher style. It, it's a New York style, you know, that, that he has. Yeah. And, and, and he has his yeah. own show these days, My Take Radio. Um, which is good. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of listeners, a lot of followers. He he's the hardest working guy I know in podcasting. You know, I and uh, he he he's he has a pretty. I think it is is that he, if he he has so much going through his head, man, it just comes running out of him. I mean, he's got so <laughs> much going on. It's amazing how much info. If you listen to his show, it's like two hours of like like he just threw a dictionary at you with all the information in it. It's it's crazy how much he knows and. Uh, you know, it's just burning through them, but, you know, that's, it's a, I don't know, man, it's a different, 
it's a different approach. He's not putting on a show for yeah. kid, it, kids either. You know, there's a market. Yeah. There's a market for what he does. He's not pulling any punches. You know, it, it is what it is. And um, he just got engaged. Actually, he just um, uh, like today got engaged. So um, I can't imagine what his kids are going to be like. <laughs> Change. What the fuck's your problem, man? Like, you know, I mean, going down there and just uh, I, it out. But I mean, I think that's just where he lives. You know, it's just the East Coast is a different thing, man. It's you know they yeah. they got a different way about them. And I mean, I know what you I I know what you're saying. It's um, you know <laughs> in the mid in the Jedi is going to be on his show soon, and it's just going to be like. Uh, We'll just see. Yeah, like, I'll listen to the show finally. Like, you're like, yeah. Kevin told me this show is this guy's show is good. I listened to it like three months down the line, and it's just like the Christian Bible show, like uh, with the cool <laughs> Jedi. Yeah, that would that. Mm, no, I thought that would be strange. No, um, yeah, Jedi. I don't know. I, his college thing is, you know, I think the problem with his situation is, is that the guy doesn't know what he wanted to do. I mean, he went to Bible college and he didn't have enough money to pursue that. He seemed like he was really into that. He didn't have enough money to go do it. So he went back to school and he figured, well, I got to get some kind of a degree, you know, and he's stuck in a situation too, where there's like a horrible uh, economy in this country. And if you don't have some kind of a degree, I mean, he has a theater degree. He's not going to get anything with that, especially in Arizona. Oh, he has a theater degree? Okay, he, yeah. And, and, and so he figured, Hey, I got to go get something. And he went in to get a communications degree, um, which, you know, in my opinion, is is not a very good degree. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, I've been argued with that, so I don't want to argue with anybody again, Jackal. But, um, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that's but now he's have you know, the thing is that he doesn't enjoy it. You know, he's, he's posted that he just really isn't into it. His grades are suffering. It's not, you know, that great for him. And, uh, you know, he, that guy needs to find something he's going to enjoy doing. Because... You know, you. I don't know. It's a different. It's a different thing. Like you know, toughing it out. I know what you're saying. Toughing it out. You know, he's in it. You know, he's he is doing it. It's not like he just left or anything. Yeah. But, yeah. No. I mean, yeah. He's still got a lot more, like work ethic. A more serious work ethic. Maybe it's something to do with him being Christian and all. But right. But like whatever. He's got a more serious work ethic than most of the students I see over here. I mean, he's still a good guy. Like, yeah. I don't kill me. Okay. I mean, I know your Arizona guy is like you know. But yeah, no, no, I, uh, I, I think he knows what you're saying. And he's good. He's good about it. It's just one of those things where I think that he, um, he, he's been very confused, and I think that he's finally starting to figure that out what he wants to do, which is great because a lot of people never get there. I mean, you know, even yeah. if you look at yourself, you know, you went into school and you weren't really sure what yeah. you wanted to do, you know, and you're yeah, starting definitely. to basically figure out what you want to do, and it, it's hard. But you guys are—you guys are both. Well, how old are you? I'm 22. Yeah, so you're in a great position because you're—you're you're young enough where you have plenty of time to figure that out. And if you figure it out now, like you're doing, the rest of your life is going to be great. You know, you don't want to be the guy that's 35 years old and suddenly realizes, you know what, I should have been a baker or something. You know, because then it's. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's so hard because what are you going to do? You know, you got your family and your wife and your kids and the house and stuff, and you can't just suddenly be like, I'm leaving this and I'm going to go somewhere. Now, we had that interview with Ferdy who did, who basically did that. You know, he was an engineer for Intel or, no, it was an NVIDIA. He was an engineer for NVIDIA, and he said, you know what? I want to be a pilot. And he just yeah. and he just left everything and went to be a pilot. And, you know, and he's happy as a clam, you know? Uh, it's, um... It's interesting, but you got to do what you like to do, you know. I mean, yeah, I, 
I love that analogy you made where, like, you know, I mean, basically it was about international students and stuff. Like, people in China and stuff, uh, in India, their parents just forcing them to study all the time, and they graduate, and all they want to do is, like, raise houseplants or something like that. Yeah. Their mind is so numb. Uh, but, yeah, Kevin, before we just wrap this up, I sure. want to say one more thing. From your last show, you guys were talking about dancing. Yeah. I totally go dancing, man. Like I, like, I do swing and salsa. Every week, That's, twice a week. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, what we're talking, we're, what we're talking about is bar dancing, where you don't know how to dance, dude. You're just going no, up to no, some yeah, girl no, and you go in. And I totally remember. I wanted to ask you. You, you guys mentioned this guy uh, in one of your shows. Some some guy named the Reekin or something like that. And all I remember is you saying the Reekin can dance yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah. And I was, who is this guy? He's Eric. Uh, he's a friend of ours. We call him the Reekin. Um, and, uh, he's just, uh, he's Puerto Rican and, you know, you go to a, oh, we- okay. you go to a wedding That's with right. him and, uh, you know, he, the guy, nice guy always has a girlfriend who's like amazingly hot, you know, like you're just <laughs> like, what, how is he, you know, how, why is she with him? Yeah. And the guy, like, and then the, when that wedding dancing stuff starts, the dude just starts going, you know, and you're just like. How does he know how to do all that? I have, you know, because you, you've been, you know, you hang out with him, you're drinking with him for years. You have, you know, it's not like he's ever been like, you know, hey, check out this new dance move I got or something. You know, you never see him do that, and then all of a sudden it's just like boom, you know, he's breaking it down. No, that's great. Um, that's that's a great way to get girls too if you know how to do sw- Jedi, swing dances. Go to your swing dances or uh, Jedi. If you're listening to this, just go to your line dances, or whatever the heck country shit you guys listen to, and trust me, you will like. Every chick, I've noticed this, right? This is the one advice to every guy. Like, every chick loves to dance. Because, like, dance is the one thing I've noticed that makes every girl look hot. And every girl wants to feel hot. And she gets all giggly. Even if she's a good dancer, she'll get all giggly. Yeah. I don't know about giggly. But, uh, it, you know what? Well, when you get older, you gain a lot of weight. If you, How many fat dancers do you see? None. Dude, oh, man. The best dancer at the swing dance place I go to is, like, this old fat guy. He totally looks oh, like Larry really? Mack. Oh, well, if he's really old or something, then, yeah. All right. it, it's Larry Mack, man. Larry Mack comes over to Abbotsford here in B.C., and he does the swing dance. Uh, okay. Anyway. I'll tell Larry that. I don't think he's going to appreciate that he's a... Or maybe he's leading a double <laughs> life. I don't know what he's got going on. But, um, all right. So, Dave, it was great talking to you. It was about one hour 40, so we're going to wrap it up. Um... Okay. I, think, I learned a lot. It's actually been a really good conversation. So um, you know, keep listening to the shows and all Thanks that. For having me on, Kevin. I it, mean, it's it's like a childhood dream come true. <laughs> I was I was actually afraid I'm just going to be oh my god, like, and just start freaking out over this. Oh, it was like talking to rock stars and stuff. But well, at least cool. at least it didn't happen like the last spill show we did, where the the guy revealed that he was gay on the show. That was <laughs> that was a little bit weird. I gotta go listen to this shit. It was a little bit uncomfortable there for a minute because he was. Was the, this Corey? Yeah, it was that? No, no, no. It was it was the epic Mickey review. We had the guy on a guest on the show, and we were t- and and Corey mentioned that how you know he was gay for Disney or something like that, and and then the other guy, like the guest guy, admitted that he that he that he was gay, and then Corey was like, "Well, are you gay for Disney or are you really gay? I don't." I don't know what you mean, and got kind of weird, you know, like, I don't know. It's no big deal or anything, it's just, you know. It's great. I'm just glad the show didn't turn out to be like that, that's all. But all right, man, I'll let you go. Have a good night. It's 1 o'clock in the morning here, so I'm going to go yeah, crash. Sorry for keeping you too long. Oh, it was a great conversation. Have a good one. Good night. Okay.